perfectly fine. There you go. <laughs> well, hello, I'm Will. And I'm Emma. This is We Watch Dead People, a horror movie podcast. Yep. We watch them, we talk about them. That's right. And if this were, uh, you know, we sort of had pre-planned this show around the movie that we're going to talk about soon, but yep. had I known that we were going to watch Cry Macho tonight, maybe we would have oh done God, it on that movie. Oh my God, can you leave it... <laughs> out of this can we set that aside okay i'm gonna tell you that uh the newer movie that we're gonna be talking about today nothing in it is as scary as watching clint eastwood have to sit down and stand back up again it had to have been a stunt double but that's not the point well it could be the point but <laughs> no 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 we're you know uh, here, I'll find a natural segue for this. Sure. I like. There's nothing more natural than saying, here's a natural segue. I like Clint's older movies. I prefer his older movies. Yeah, and where he's still old but not decrepit. Yeah, and I think... You ever he, seen The Mummy? I think that, he's not in that movie. I but. know, but he could play The Mummy now. Jesus. Uh, that's, the, that's the joke. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> the same trend could follow in a lot of different genres, and that would include... Horror movies. See, I've brought it back around. Okay. Um, and I think it would include the movies we're going to talk about today, which is an original from 1992, and it's very recent 2021 sequel. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You say that title. Candyman. You want to say it four more times? Candyman, 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 Candyman. And you know why it doesn't matter? Oh, my God. Because, oh, my God, Stop. <laughs> It feels like that scene with Woody Woody and Buzz in Toy Story. Thank you, Will. Thank you. I was going to say it doesn't matter because I'm not looking in a reflection besides what might slightly be coming off your glasses, your stupid glasses. This is where it all began. The story of Candyman. Local character, he'd walk around handing out candy to the neighborhood kids. One day, a couple of kids get razor blades in their candy. Police come around. That's when I saw the true face of fear. Get on your knees. Hands, hands, hands. They beat him, tortured him, killed him right there on the spot. A couple weeks later, more razor blades and more candy. He'd been innocent. So he's real? Candyman ain't a he. Candyman's the whole damn hive. If you're out here looking for Candyman, you ask me, stay away. I feel really connected to this story. God. Right here, in this neighborhood, the legend started. Uh-huh. And the legend is, if we say uh-huh. his name five, five times. times while looking in the mirror, we could summon him. Summon the Candyman. Hell no. Candyman. Anthony, no. Candyman. Stop. I don't want to get creeped out in my new apartment before bed. Candyman. Black people don't need to be summoning. Don't. I dare you. Don't say that. Say his name. Candyman. You better not do that last one. Candyman. Candyman. You want to be a part of the story, right? No. Say his name. Candyman. Okay, so that is Candyman, which is categorized as a 
a supernatural slasher film that came out this year, 2021. It's directed by Nia DaCosta, and it was written by her as well as Wynne Rosenfeld and Jordan Peele. But it's actually a sequel to the 1992 film of the same name that's written and directed by Bernard Rose. But that film is actually based on a short story by Clive Barker. So it's a, you know, what is, what's it called? It's an onion. It's a nesting doll situation. Yeah, it's got layers. There's a lot of and as, as prehistory feels and as like And as is wrong. a common thing, I guess, they... There were two sequels to the original Candyman. That, oh, really? Uh, yeah, they're. They don't, we didn't watch them. I know. Oh. They don't. They don't matter in this context because oh. they they erase them from. The oh, canon. like the Halloween web. Yeah. The web of the Halloween movies. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we you you did have me watch the 1992 film mm-hmm. um, to prepare to see the 2021 film Mm -hmm. and i i just say the years because they got the same name well and i think that people could be fooled because they have the same name thinking that it is either a remake or you know whatever i think actually more than many of these other movies you would benefit from having seen the original 110 percent. i was trying to think about that as i watched like what if i hadn't seen the original and there are so many callbacks and like plot points that continue and develop even further yeah, in the 2021 one it's not just the callbacks i mean it's what you, yeah it's yeah it's the plot yeah I mean, you have is, to be able to well we'll get into it but there were a couple things where i was like mm, i feel like i know where that's going because of what i saw in the original which i'm just gonna say right off the bat if we can talk about the original a little bit if that's mm-hmm. okay i liked it maybe i'm tipping my hand too early i Really like it and like it significantly more than the new one. Oh, well, I, 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 it's hard to compare. I, I mean, I, I guess I did already talk about the thing where I prefer the older movies, so people probably already figured that out. Yeah, so. it's, it's true. You do tend to kind of lean that way. But the 1992 one is, is really interesting. Can I give like three sentences as to what it's about? Yeah, I, I, Well, stop me if I get too long-winded, okay? Because I know I do that. Uh, The original movie basically follows a grad student trying to get her PhD thesis done named Helen Lyle. And she's doing it with a colleague, a fellow grad student named Bernadette. And they are doing it on urban legends. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, urban... I don't know. When I said urban legends, I was like, is it an urban myth? But They seem to work in a department that's all about urban legends. I know. They go out to a department dinner and everyone's like, we all know about all these urban legends. I was like, what department is this? We decided anthropology? Probably. We took a guess. We don't know. But I mean... Sociology? She's married to one of the professors in that department and then he has a friend who's also in that department that she like doesn't seem to love. He seems like he's a little bit cocky or something. But they all have lectures on urban legends. Both of those guys are big douches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. But I, I, whatever. Anyways, so we're Helen assuming. And her oh yeah. So well, Helen legends. and her fellow grad student, who's also yes. her friend Bernadette, are studying urban legends, um, and they stumble across an urban legend that seems to have originated in a neighborhood in Chicago where they are studying, um, where they live and go to school, and the neighborhood is called Cabrini Greens, mm-hmm. and the urban legend is. Candyman, 
which I mean, yeah, that's my plot summary. Oh, Helen goes in, wait, Helen goes in to investigate and bad stuff ensues. That's, yeah, I feel like that last sentence is how most horror movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm X, sorry. So-and-so, no, I'm not criticizing you. So-and-so investigates, bad shit ensues. But it gets I, complex. Well, and I think that one of the things that makes the original such a good movie is that at its surface, it's a horror movie. It's a genre film, mm-hmm. and it's got gore and slasher tropes and that kind of stuff. For and sure. It, and it all works well. Yeah. But what makes it <clears throat> a really good movie is the subtext stuff, which Clive Barker's story, The Forbidden, dealt mostly with um, issues of class and a poor England neighborhood. But Bernard Rose... In- England... Yes, yeah. What a different movie it would be if that was how they chose to go with it. But Bernard Rose, who's also an Englishman, and like Clive Barker, is also white, um, decided, maybe he has said why, but I'm not sure why, to re-adapt the story to be more about race in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Well, I think maybe he just wanted... I, and again, I don't know, but I guess if he wanted to set it in America instead of England and wanted to make it about class, you you kind of can't ignore race. Well, yeah, you're right. But, but he does stuff, more than, like, acknowledge race. It's it's centered. Yeah, and it isn't, it isn't just about class either. I mean, it, like... It goes into generational trauma mm-hmm. and generational violence, white privilege, white guilt. It's gentrification. Gentrification's huge. I mean, yeah. it's all right there, and it's a really, really rich movie for sort of that kind of analysis. I, it, 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 it does not belie how smart it is on the package. It looks just sort of like a, you know. Yeah, I no, looks like a typical kind of horror film. What was interesting to me in this revamp and this sequel was the actual um centering of of black people as as the main characters because in the 1992 one, well I I do really like it. They they're talking about, you know, all of the stuff we just listed, but through the the main character is Helen Lyle, who's a white woman. And she's not, she's not the hero. She's not no, the hero. Probably say by the end, it's quite the opposite, actually. No, because by the end, well, I don't, I don't know if I have to explain plot, but in, in the end, when she, when she kind of quote unquote defeats the candy man, um, they paint a mural of her as like a white, she's in white and an angel. So she has gentrified their space and their folklore yet again. Yeah. I I think, I don't think that she's meant to be heroic at the end of that movie. I think no, it's I a, don't think so either. But I just, they, they paint that mural of her as an angel and then go to her funeral. I know. And I think it's supposed to be kind of fucked up. It's not a good thing. I mean, it's like presenting you with the happy ending, but it's not really a happy it's ending. It's unsettling, and it's, so you're supposed to dig into it and yeah, understand that yeah. she was the issue. Yeah, because as the movie goes on... Well, because they, on, they explain the origin of Candyman, right? Mm-hmm. That colleague at dinner explains the origin as uh, it was a black man whose whose father had been a slave. Yeah, and he, yeah, and and he, he had been raised by, uh, in a wealthier household. I mean... 
you know, his dad was a slave. And so he was raised serving a wealthier household, um, but grows up to be a painter, ends up falling in love with a white woman and basically gets lynched for it, right? Yeah. I mean, they um, don't hang him, but it's a lynching. They cut his hands off and kill him with bees and jam a hook into his stump. I mean, it, yeah. it's Yeah. It's, it, and I would say that it's pretty clear it's a lynching, but then there there's further depictions of it in the new one that mm-hmm. I think sort of double down on that. Yeah, really making sure that we know. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I think I think part of the reason, and I think they work. I I much prefer the original, but I think they work well as a piece because the f- first one, which is made primarily by white people, like mm-hmm. the director, the writer, the writer of the novella, the star, the star, the movie's more focused on the sort of subversive villainy of white people in yeah. the lives of black people, and it's mm-hmm. something that Jordan Peele would explore in get out and i think oh um i love get out does an excellent job with but that's sort of what they're actually keying into in the new one which is made primarily by black creatives they they reconfigure candy man to be something less about well it's sort of a reclamation i mean Mm -hmm. it's sort of about taking back power um in the way that story plays out without spoiling it for those who haven't seen it um, so, I mean, they're in the well, same universe, but mm-hmm. they're, they're aiming for slightly different functions. Um, I do think that you will get so much more out of Candyman 2021 if you see Candyman 1992. I, I just, I mean, like I said, I think you would almost be lost if you didn't see it. It's yeah. Like, I can't, I, I can't, I won't spoil the movie for those who haven't seen it. It just hit video on demand last Friday. So lots of people haven't seen it yet. But there's, there's stuff at the end of that movie that I think if you hadn't seen the original, you go, what the hell's the point of that? I don't get that at all. Yeah, and or some... Um, it would literally make no sense. Yeah, some characters that kind of follow through from the original, mm-hmm. you that wouldn't click for you or you'd be very, very confused until they do exposition it at the end. Yeah. Is that the right verb? Yeah, it works as a verb. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, like you, I don't know. You just you should see both, I think. Maybe even possibly back to back because they have very similar themes and ideas but present it in different ways and tw- the 2021 um sequel I think is more bold and forthright about some of the things that the 1992 one is a bit more subtle about but I I think that also has to do with the times they were made in. I'm not saying that as a critique. I, I would I might say it as a critique. I thought that the new one was significantly more ham-fisted in its approach. I thought there were too many expository dialogues. There was a lot of expository um, dialogue. There, there are like three different scenes where somebody explains what gentrification is in the new one, whereas in the ori- like literally like the definite like the definition of the word. Yeah, whereas in the original, there's a scene early on in which Helen and Bernadette are talking about going to Cabrini Green and Helen shows Bernadette these newspaper articles and clippings. Oh, oh look. Yeah, exactly. My, <laughs> my fancy modern chic building was built at the same time and by the same people. It's in the same style as the building. Well, for I think Cabrini it Green. was originally it was, built yeah, as, yeah, it was a, it was a part of the projects and it just had been gentrified. Right. So 
it was a much, in my opinion, a much more clever way of conveying the same exact information without literally reading you the textbook definition of gentrification. Mm. And I, I think that that comes up several times in the new one. I also think that the new one probably left some stuff on the cutting room floor because it feels like they have a lot of ideas and apparently there was even footage in the trailer that's not in the movie mm-hmm. and that that aren't expanded upon enough. Yeah. Um, which is why I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm prattling no, no, on, but I, I think the original for me works better because the message, the message of the movie is subtext there to be you know, sort of extracted by the viewer. Whereas on the new one, the movie is the message that they're trying to convey. And I just, I think that that mm. doesn't work quite as effectively as a movie. I don't, in my opinion, I guess I just agree. I disagree slightly. I'm just in the sense that in the 1992 one, some of the themes that I drew out of it were so subtext that they were they were muddled at the end by some stuff that was like a little unclear to me. And not that I need everything like presented to me in in rudimentary um, terms and plot points, but, but it just got a little like, I was really feeling this idea and now I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I feel like I need to go and read someone who really knows their shit so that I can either be reassured that my interpretation was on theme with what they were going for, or if I was completely wrong, what, what I kind of wish and it's too late now. But do you remember? I feel like we saw Candyman trailers in theaters oh, before yeah. COVID, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so it was supposed to come out uh, summer 2020, I think. Something okay, like that. okay. I just I think back to watching that trailer in the movie theater and not having seen the 1992 version and you like kind of telling me like oh it's a remake or something of this older film like we weren't quite sure if it was a sequel or if it was a remake and part of me kind of wishes that it was a remake yeah i think i think that would have there are yeah i'm torn on that i think i would have loved to see them mesh some of the more subtlety or or not wanting to be as forthright with the ideas that they were in 1992 in 2021 rather than trying to take you know I I don't want to spoil anything but rather than take you know some kind of characters and try and stretch it all to like oh where would they be in 20 years or like let's figure out how this would have do you know what i mean yeah i mean 20 the new one stretches the the mythology both of the character candy man himself as well as some of the characters from the Mm -hmm. original movie it stretches them out and some of that's really interesting. I mean, it is really again, interesting. Again, without spoiling things, there's a revelation early on that there isn't just this one candy man. There's all these candy men mm-hmm. who are different black men who were murdered by white lynch mobs basically throughout yeah. history. Yeah. And, and so Which they, is so interesting to take it that, like in 1992, they were like, it was this one guy that they lynched and now he still continues on but in the 2021 version it's like and i don't think this is spoiling things but like it started with this one guy but the energy or the the anger of the spirit is propelled by the fact that it keeps happening 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, it's very fascinating. It is interesting. But I mean, I think sort of just to go back a little ways, Mm -hmm. I I agree with you that particularly toward the end of the 92 Candyman, it's sort of... um, It just got muddled for me. It's a little, it's at least for, yeah, for me as well, it's tougher to read. I, I think the first 80 or so minutes, I totally am digging what they're doing. Toward the end, it's sort of... I'm a little less certain. It's a little less certain. They're going in a couple different directions, and all of a sudden they start really focusing on the subplot of the of Helen Lyle's husband having had an affair, and it's like, who cares? I we already hated him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that there's you could try and read that as like sort of different passages of guilt, but I mean, whatever. I but mm. my counterpoint to you is that. As I've already said, I think the newer one is um, far less subtle about everything it's trying to do, <laughs> and that is also not effective. And there were many times toward the end of the movie where literally just on the plot level, I could not quite figure out what they were doing and why things yeah. were happening. Yeah, there was and, some weird, I don't know if it was edits or if it just felt like we were jumping place to well, place. I, I think that there are probably like... 20 minutes of this movie that ended up on the cutting room floor and it could pro i mean i can't promise it but i feel like it could fill in a lot of thematic uh holes as well as plot holes now yeah those those 20 minutes can't get rid of three dialogues explaining gentrification so that there's still gonna be problems yeah but i think I but, do think the movie got neutered a little bit somewhere and, along the way. And line. probably, though I don't want to continue with the metaphor of neutered, but a little too much. I mean, tw- the 2021 yeah. Candyman was a cool 90 minutes. Yeah, which people like a good 90 minute no, movie. I, lo- I, I am a proponent of the 90 minute movie. I really am. But I, I felt the same as you in, in terms of the end when I think it's really supposed to be the climax and things are supposed to be coming together. I was a little like, wait, we were presented with a couple separate ideas very clearly and how they're all coming together is just a little bit lost on me. Yeah. And again, we, we had literally just watched the original. So, I mean, I feel like if either you haven't seen the original in a long time or you haven't seen it at all, that's only going to be more confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, 90 minute movies, Give them to me all day so I can just watch as many as I like. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that if you want to pack your movie with as many ideas as 2021 Candyman is trying to juggle. Then be thorough with it. Yeah, you have to have the time to explore them or it's going to feel overstuffed and half-baked. I think they probably either should have had more time or they should have narrowed their focus a little bit. Just a little. And, But... I feel like I'm just going to be beating the dead horse here. It's, it, I think that that's, again, part of the reason the original works so well is because that stuff is happening more... It's happening less on the surface, so it's those holes that are there in the thematics aren't as easy to pick apart when they're not like in the foreground. Sure, but I think that's because the 1992 Candyman idea and theme is far simpler and much more in a in a black white context i i don't mean racially i mean things are either this way or that way and they don't get into Mm -hmm. the complexities of some of the issues that they're talking about i would i would disagree i know you disagree and that's okay baby i think that 
the construction of the whole Helen Lyle character is like she she's like 18 years ahead of Catherine Keener and get out. I mean, she's she's the white woman who thinks she's a hero, but is in fact uh, and she's in fact a villain. And she comes to I mean, she comes to become the literal candy man. Yeah. But but also is the villain on this more subliminal way. And I, I there's stuff that happens in the new film with the lead Anthony who begins to experience again, I'm trying not I'm trying so hard not to spoil things, but like <laughs> he experiences these physical deteriorations that are not a part of the original movie really and they're strangely conveyed and he starts to have psychological deteriorations that are I mean it just I, it, it that the, the the direction of but that I stuff think... without spoiling the movie which is so goddamn hard um it just felt less clear to me. It somehow felt more obvious and less clear all at the same time. Right, but I think that's because you, I don't think that you can directly compare Anthony from 2021 with Helen Lyle of 1992 because they're coming at the issue and the theme from two completely different directions. So I think the fact that like Anthony starts to deteriorate both physically and mentally is just even more of a sign that he is like directly connected to the issue and the trauma that Candyman as a whole, as a story, is presenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. Thanks. Yeah. I I do just wish. No, I I have critique. I have uh, critiques for 2021. I I would have loved to get my hands on that script and just taken out a couple things because it it felt like some of the dialogue that the exposition right felt very much like hey, have you heard of these issues? Let us break it down for you in an after-school special kind of way that I don't think is needed by the majority of audiences that are going to see this film. So I would love to cut some of that out. I think it's something that may be happening when Jordan Peele writes something but doesn't direct it himself, which is he... Do you have another example for that? Is there something else he wrote but didn't direct? Well, some of his Twilight Zone stuff I would think of in particular. I didn't see all Um, that. I can't weigh in. But basically he has done a far better job in his two features presenting these complex issues, Mm -hmm. um, multi-layered, multifaceted, sort of daunting, I would imagine, to present in as tight a frame as he is. But he's able to do so with that kind of subtlety that I think prevents his films from ever feeling like they're proselytizing or Mm over-explaining. They work work on a pure cinematic level, but also are feeding you genuinely thought-provoking ideas. Right, and thought-provoking ideas lead to conversations, which then lead to people doing, you know, some of their own reading or their, you know, having Mm -hmm. conversations amongst themselves that end up leading to bigger ideas or, um, you know, complex things that, that it almost feels like... I I was a part of the thought process of this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it gave me just enough and then I was able to like further that in my own head myself. Yeah. But or I, with, uh, you know, whoever you watch movies with. But I think one of the problems with this movie, with 2021 Candyman, is that the 
subtlety that Peel deals in is abandoned too often, and that leads to something that's just a lot less compelling. And I think, oh, Fern. <laughs> Fern has just woke herself up from a nightmare. Um, I think it makes the movie less compelling and will make people more likely to sort of wave their hand away at it um, as like, I, I don't know, there's not a single line of dialogue in Get Out that made me cringe as hard as like when they started sort of explaining, we've already talked about this, when they right. started doing the definition of gentrification early but on. It's I, like, think, I think that is the hard thing with movies, right? Because where I think people will kind of shake their head and shrug their shoulders and dismiss some of the, you know, things that they are hitting you over the head with in the 2021 Candyman happens in the same way on the opposite side of the spectrum for the 1992, where just some things are so subtle or kind of muddled even a little bit. Because if you're going to be really subtle, it's like cooking. <laughs> if I could pull in a metaphor. If you're going to be really subtle with a flavor, that should be one of the only flavors because that's how you keep it subtle, right? In that you can taste it, but it's not... Do you know what I mean? Like some of the ideas are just so subtle that they br- they try to get slightly more complex with it or muddle it even a little bit and it's I can't snap but it's gone because it's so subtle that's what the ending I still of 1992 still confuses me yeah I mean I I just I read about it and I tried and I thought about it and a couple times I was like ah okay that makes it okay that they painted an angel mirror of her but somehow she's still the villain that I thought she was the whole movie and then I'm like no no it's gone gone in the wind well I mean like a blade of grass I I I still think that the, the 92 one triumphs because a lot of that thematic stuff still does work even if the ending gets a little muddled and the actual plot construction of the movie actually makes sense and is scary. Whereas the new Candyman has a lot of plot stuff that does not make sense. And mm. a lot of the, I felt a lot of the characters were underdeveloped, the relationships mm-hmm. were underdeveloped, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't actually that scary. I'm trying to I'm, think if tr- I was not, ever really scared. I'm not trying to jam on it because I do think it was, I think it was fine. Like uh-huh. I didn't want to turn it off. I didn't hate it. It was well shot. I thought it was quite an attractive movie. I thought... A number of the performances were really good. Mm-hmm. I like Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who stars in the new one. He also has a yeah, silky, he was great. He has a silky smooth voice like Tony Todd from the original, so that's nice. So there are good components. And like I've already said, there were interesting ideas in the script. But I think that the, the literal plot was too convoluted and didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then the thematic stuff was too ham-fisted yeah so i i still i still think that you should watch it but my heart will continue to lay with the 92 and and that's where i feel like the 1992 one i think was a great setup for me to better understand um you know the general story going into the 2021 one because if i hadn't seen 1992 i think i would have been super lost um but I just feel like with just a couple cuts and putting in a couple things, like taking some things out, putting some things in, it could be really, really solid. Yeah. So for 92 Candyman and 2021 Candyman, how many razor blade laced candies would you give them? Mm, Out of five? Yeah. 
Oh, let me think. Do you have yours warmed up? Are you yeah, like, I know mine. You like me to go first? Well, I can go first if you'd like. I know mine. Often, I know mine. Are I we all? Are we allowed to cut the candy in half? Yep, my my one of mine's a half. Okay, I would give nineteen ninety two three, mm-hmm. and I would give twenty twenty one three and a half. Really? Yeah. Very interesting. I think this is the first <laughs> one where we're going to be different. Um, That's okay. We're allowed to be different, baby. It's true. I would give the original four uh-huh. razor bladed candies, and I would give the twenty twenty one two and a half. Two and a half. Yes. Two That's and a half. low. It's not super low. That's 50%. It's, it's in the middle. It's That's fine. what 50% is. Right? Yeah, so it's fine. That's what I thought. So, okay. that, you know, I think your mileage may vary, but I think that watching them both, um, they're going to they're gonna give you some genre thrills, but they're also going to make you think. And, you know... Yeah, I guess just, yeah, the main takeaway should be, for me at least, you should watch 1992 if you're going to watch 2021. Don't just jump right into it, but I think 2021 has a little more food for thought. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've been critical of the 2021 film here, but the thing is, is that I wish more people would have the ambition to make movies like this because they are movies that have conventional ideas in them in terms of horror horror yeah like, elements slasher yeah. stuff but they have a conscience and they are presenting interesting ideas that are reflective of the times and, and and there's something to be said for that i mean it's it's um it's refreshing to see movies in this genre that aren't just mindless and stupid and even even oh, yeah. when even when candy man either one isn't working in comparison to the rest of the movie, they're still working at a higher level than many other horror movies you could pick out. Than anything from the Conjuring universe. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, so, absolutely. But that, that's so the that's thing maybe that why I'm more critical because yeah. I want you know, I, I I know what I'm gonna get from a Conjuring movie. Candyman, I. We were trying to figure it out, but I mean, that's what I think. That's what I kind of love about horror is that it's almost like this underdog, but it totally isn't right. Like there are so many people like horror as an industry supports itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are dedicated horror fans, but, but I feel like within the movie industry, it's seen as the underdog, right? It's seen as the thing that you can do cheaply or quickly and you can push it out and you know, you're going to be guaranteed to make a certain amount of money. And I just think that, there should be many more creatives who see that form and take it and use it to make something really interesting and thought provoking like Ari Aster with Hereditary or Jordan Peele with Get Out. Yeah, I mean, it's a rich history. I'm sure you could go back further, but I think a famous example is Night of the Living Dead in 1968. I mean, some of its commentary on race and the inclusion of a black lead actor at a time when that was not really common, um, you know, horror is the is a genre where people are often willing to push boundaries, not just in the realm of good taste, but in terms of you know what kind of ideas they're willing to put in front right, of you. Right, because if they push too hard, people are like, "Oh, it's a horror movie," you know, it's not going to get any awards. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's the genre. The genre has people in the mindset that you can push boundaries, and so when people don't, I mean, they can still make a good movie, but. It's always more exciting when they do. So it's, yeah. you know, I think I think there are plenty of people who may 
like Candyman more than me or like it less than Emma, but <laughs> I think that it'll still tickle your brain and give you some of that, you know, scratch that horror itch a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I would, I, I gave it a lower score than Emma, but I would still recommend the new one and I definitely recommend the original. So I, I would just say watch <laughs> them both in, in order yeah. and then compare because they do have similar themes that they're, they're playing off of one another yeah. like i said at the beginning one's about the the original is about it centers on a on a white woman basically gentrifying uh liter- i mean literally and psychologically tr- like gentrifying black people and then mm-hmm. the new one is reclaiming black people reclaiming that and i mean i i we should have said it earlier. I mean, I have to imagine that there is a wealth of content out there from people of color who have more insightful things to say than 110%. us. One hundred and ten percent. Oh my but, god! So go search that out. I mean, because um, I'm sure it's more interesting and thoughtful than anything we've had to say. But you know, I think I think these movies still have done an effective job bringing these issues to the fore and. Even when they're, I mean, I don't think they're like bringing, like bringing awareness to the issue, but well, but they're handling the material in an interesting way. Yeah, they're Um, taking the idea and and toying it out into something and reimagining it as a way to reexamine the issue that people are already aware of. Because that's just that's just what art is in general to me. Yeah, right. It's just taking something you're familiar with and presenting it in a new context so that you have to re-examine it like it's something new mm-hmm. yeah so check out Candyman. Mm-hmm. and if you're feeling frisky and fun what why don't you subscribe to we watch dead people on spotify I do that part okay. at the end okay i thought i was selling it well i then keep going baby no you want to do it i just didn't like the i don't like the word frisky Okay. Feels bad. Pick a different one. If you're feeling feeling generous, wet and wild. Oh my god! (laughs) Stop talking. I'm taking the mic away from you, so you just you back up. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. What we would also, what we would also appreciate, is that if you would subscribe and rate our podcast on Spotify and all the other podcast listening platforms. Yeah, it Mm. helps. It helps us. It may, well, what do you it helps mean pe- this is an NPR? It I would helps, love to be on NPR, wouldn't it, you? It helps people rating and subscribing to the show helps people find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also uh, makes us feel good inside. It gives me a little endorphin rush, and that that's nice. So you should do that some more. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's nice to know that people are listening. Even more for me is when people want to interact and discuss, like they've listened and now they want to have a conversation with me. That's yeah. really fun because I well, like talking whole, about movies. the whole show. So we like <laughs> yeah. talking about them. So talk to us, yeah. follow us. Yeah, find us on Facebook and Instagram at We Watch Dead People. Yeah, this program's brought to you by generous donation from viewers like you <laughs> that's pbs that's not npr <laughs> oh well thanks again folks mm-hmm. don't rot don't watch cry macho watch oh candy man leave cry macho out of this but yeah don't i can't even begin to describe
Cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Makes the world 